This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Chicago, 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 Chicago. Man, people just love bringing up Chicago when they're arguing against protests and BLM. I'm like, just stick to the stats like just stick to the subject y'all deflecting and going about black on black crime and it's not like we're not trying to fix it like there's people trying to step up like we're trying <laughs> like we're trying and and it's, it's just a typical publican argument both both sides are crazy i mean you got deflections from from republican side saying, you know, black-on-black crime and a new one I just heard from Nicole Arbor talking about the leading cause of death for black people is obesity. And I'm like, wow, that's a low blow. She she made a joke, right, on Twitter. She said, y'all weren't about defunding the police. I need to defund McDonald's. And I called her out on that on her Twitter, on her Twitter thread, or one of them, and I'm like, I saw what you posted. I saw that. Now, come on now. I, I was kind of, I went a little light on her. Cause, you know, that's the simp in me. Not really holding her accountable for taking a shot at black people. Saying we're basically fat and dying and our opinions don't even matter. That's what I took from her saying we should defund McDonald's instead of defunding the police. I'm like, that's just another distraction. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense anyway. Because... That's not just a black problem. That is an American problem. (laughs) That is an American problem, son. Like, come on, man. That is an American problem. Like, white people, Hispanic people, they're not that far off as far as numbers when it comes to obesity. And honestly, the leading cause of death is like cancer and heart disease. That stuff is caused by, can be caused by obesity. And yeah, sure, that is the leading cause for heart disease. It ain't the only cause. And obesity ain't just because of choices and and lifestyle. It ain't just because of that. There's other factors. There's psychological factors. There's genetic factors. But hey, you know, all these Black Lives Matter people are lazy. Don't want to work and they're fat. That's, that's what she's saying. Because she also said something on Twitter that said the way to end these protests is, is to make people go back to work. Hey, she had a video, Nicole Arbor, Dear Fat People, got a lot of attention, very polarizing. So that's her spill. You know, call out people for being fat, call out people for overreacting. That's her spill against me, too. Oh, she apologized for the fat people thing and the Me Too thing a few years ago, but she's still taking shots. So that tells me she didn't mean it. (laughs) But whatever. Whatever. Of course, of course, Democrats are calling every other person racist and reaching. Like, some people deserve it. Yeah, sure. But other people, you just reaching. Like, you just bringing the mob after them for the slightest of thing. Whether they say something or they don't say something, you're, like, trying to destroy the conversation. 
and turning people against you. Like I say, I, I need to quit talking about politics. Hopefully, this is the last episode I talk about politics and, and, and you know, race relations and stuff. Like I said before, racism doesn't make any sense to me because how can you think another race is superior? We all human. But yet, this has been going on since the beginning of time. It's not just a color, skin color thing. It's it's a human thing that how we treat people that are different from us, who look different, who talk different, who act different. We just have a problem with people who are different. That's all that boils down to, to be honest. That's why racism exists. And that's the biggest problem of it because of the history associated with it. That's the biggest example of treating people who are different from us kind of unfairly or or um, negatively. Do it all the time. Everybody does it. That's crazy. Well, not the racism thing. Everybody don't do that. I definitely don't. Or at least I try not to. But the treating people different, like people who, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'll probably edit that out. But treating people differently, who don't make as much money as us, who are different sex, who believe different things, we don't always treat them well. Admit it. And that's the problem. And that's, and I think that's the fundamental problem behind race, how we treat people who are different from us. We all got to work on that. We all got to work on that. Even me. You know what I'm saying? Especially as a uh, as a Christian or a wannabe Christian. A wannabe, but I am struggling. But I will I will get it together. Trust me. Trust me. You know, things are going in the right direction. Um. Oh, and I guess where you are in the spectrum of this conversation is how you perceive the world. <laughs> how you perceive the world and personal experiences. I guess... The thing about black people who are against all this is they perceive like they don't really see the institutional racism or they do, but they think it's exaggerated because it ain't happened to them. They had the same opportunities and they they've done well. So, I mean, so, of course, the institutional racism and Structural racism doesn't exist in it. I feel like I'm one of them people who should go that route just because my experiences, I have very little experiences with racism and I got two degrees and all that. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. <laughs> I see stories over and over again of people dealing with, with racism and, and then I see the unarmed black people get killed. That's not a good look, man. That's not good. That's not good. And then there's there's countless videos talking about institutional racism. And you look at it and they make sense. I got to read more. I got to educate myself more. Definitely can see it from 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 both sides of the spectrum. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not going to be part of the mob. I'm not going to unless unless they not making sense. Unless they like truly being hateful. I'm not going to try to silence, silence nobody. I don't want anybody to really I'm not trying to censor people. I want them to keep talking and let's get the dialogue going. I'm enjoying the dialogues. 
that's the best part. Yeah, I, I spent too long on this for sure. But speaking of, of all this, speaking of, of Twitter and social media, my account got locked down for 10 minutes. Not 10 minutes, 12 hours. 12 hours because I said, um, I said black people call other black people coons and Uncle Toms all the time for any reason possible. I'm paraphrasing. And I don't care anymore. That was me basically saying I'm frustrated and I'm tired of talking about it. I should have just said I'm tired of talking about it. Whoever reported me basically took it as I don't care anymore. I want this to keep happening. No, that's not what I was saying. What I meant to say was I'm just tired of seeing, you know, black people call the black people coons and Uncle Tom's for the smallest of reasons. Some of them I get. It. I get it. If it if it's if it looked like it's 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 anti-black or it looked like you hate yourself and stuff, they folks are going to call you that that name, but I feel like we could disagree and everything without the name calling, okay? I'm just saying we're adults here. But it's emotions. It's emotions. You know, I I understand. And when you when someone make you upset like that, or you want to dismiss somebody and make fun of somebody, you know, you call him a coon, Uncle Tom. That's how you see it. That's how you see it. But I just don't use those words, man. They just, I just don't like them. And I hope to see them less and less. Because people will call, black people call other black people Uncle Toms just for having fun on TV, just for having, just for dancing on TV, or just for saying something they don't like. And they feel like there's a lot of white people around. They'll they'll say that. They'll call you a coon Uncle Tom. I'm like, you just got to be, if you're going to use that word, just, just be careful and make sure you're going to be positive afterwards or you're going to educate that person afterwards instead of just calling them a coon and trying to, like, just banish them forever. But yeah, that's that's up to you, man. That's up to you. It is what it is. I'm not gonna use those words. I'm mean, just if I get in these conversations, that's why I need to read, like my uncle Charles has been doing. I need to read and and educate so I can educate others. When they say something I don't agree with or that seems ignorant, whether it's black people or other, I'm just saying, <laughs> and I'm not just gonna throw around throw around the word coon lightly like come on i'm not i'm not gonna say it period y'all crazy but you know but i did call out twitter in a video saying listen there's people who have said much worse than me and still on this site didn't get suspended or anything and i ain't alone don't censor the wrong people because if you censor the wrong people i'm telling you right now they're gonna leave your platform they're gonna get other people to leave your platform you're going to lose money. And then someone like me, CEO of the GOAT level brand, will buy you out. And I'm going to make money off you because of your nonsense. So please, I understand you're trying to clean up things. You're trying to make it a safe environment on Twitter for us to speak our minds. But don't censor too much because I ain't playing because I will buy you out. Once I get it together, I will buy you out and I will make money off you. Anyway, I might do that anyway, just because. 
<laughs> All right. Now, now back to sports for real. The hypothetical game of the week or game of the episode. Me versus flight, one-on-one basketball. So, June flight is taking off, and he's playing all these people one-on-one. He's playing all these YouTubers, and he's still losing. He was working out with a NBA trainer and stuff. He got a little bit better. His jump shot's a little bit better, but he's still, he's still not that good. But you're dealing with me, like an average street baller. I say above average. I got above average jump shot, above average handle. So I'm not just so ordinary street baller. But but against the best people in my neighborhood, I struggle. Against just the normal everyday people, I dominate them. So yeah, I'm above average. <laughs> I feel like I'm above average. Like I'll hold my own against the best and I'll dominate the... People who just play cash. So, I think Flight may be a notch below me. But, my I'm kind of, I can be inconsistent, though, at times, at, at basketball. So, me and Flight meet up. Let's say we play. Let's say we play in D.C. Maybe not in my neighborhood. Maybe at Banneker. Say we play in D.C. At Banneker. Cool. And shoot for ball. Of course, most likely, I'm going to make it. Not even gonna lie. I get the ball. Maybe I take a weak jump shot and miss it. And he gets the ball back. He misses. We keep going back and forth. Next thing you know, I'm giving him my crossovers. I'm giving him my triple threats. Uh, I make my tough layups. All of a sudden, it's 2 nothing. Then I hit a 2 Four nothing. Then he starts battling back a little bit, cause you know, then my inconsistency starts coming in, and I start doing some whack post moves, or I take a jump shot and miss. And then does a little crossover, a little slow crossover, weird little crossover, turnaround jumpers. He makes a few of those, beats me to the rack on one play, four three. Then yeah, I hit a two, hit another two. 6-3. Then I hit a tough layup, 7-3. Then, you know, I miss a jump shot. Then he scores again, 7-4. Then I get the ball again, step back, two-pointer, 8-4. Then, you know, I miss another shot. Then he hits, he hits two straight jump shots where I barely guard him, 8-6. And then this is where, yeah, I hit another two, it's 10-6. Then he kind of... He kind of steps up. He kind of guards me heavily, and I have to work harder to score. Do a few dribble moves. Get tired. Throw up a bad shot. He gets the ball. Hits a two. It's 10 eight. Then he tries to do a layup. I contest it. He misses. I get the ball. Um, One crossover. Two crossover. Then I'm to the rack. Tough layup. Hit. Score. 11-8. I win. That's one game. We're just going to keep it at one game. We'll probably play. We'd probably play multiple games, but I win that first game. I win that first game. Thank you very much. So Terrence J and as Marlon Wayans had a little, Marlon Wayans had a little 
little disagreement about, I guess, black businesses. People were on Marlon Wayans' side because his family built generational wealth and they put a lot of people on with their talents. How does this relate to the game of the episode? Well, my bonus game of the episode is actually a rap battle between Blessed and Sia Boy. Someone showed a clip when responding about Terrence J saying that he should have got body slammed like the guy that blessed body slammed. And the guy that blessed body slammed was Gohard Jetson from Texas. I think he's from like the Austin area. He got body slammed because he was yelling in blessed face. He was losing, by the way. He got bodied in the first round because Bless had some some cowboy lines and he said something about him being his son like Romeo then he came back in the next round had more cowboy jokes and say and said he's the great white hype and I'm Damon Waynes and then that's when see before that he was yelling in his face he knocked his hat off he pushed him that was the last straw bless described all this in a video but I finally got to see it he threw the mic and he body slammed him he won the battle and the fight. That is complete domination. That made me think that season, they both got disqualified for the entire season. And Bless was well on his way to winning five in a row and being in the Freestyle Friday playoff tournament or whatever you call it. March Madness, March Mayhem, whatever. He should have been in it because he was one of the best people in the season. And whoever they was going to give him for the fifth guy, I assume it was probably going to be Spades or, or TBG, Rock Kooji, TBG. He was going to beat either one of them. It would have been tougher than Gohard Jessen, but he would have beat one of them guys. Or maybe he would have got Dose or Rio. He would have beat one of them. So he definitely belonged in that postseason March Mayhem tournament, but he didn't make it because of the disqualification. So let's just say, boom. They disqualify guard Jetson, but they soften their stance on Bless, and they let him come back. So he's in a tournament with four wins, no losses. Oh, by the way, they hyped up Gohard Jetson and Rizzo the Beast so much. Maybe they were great, good rappers, great rappers. But man, when they got on that stage, they just wasn't messing with, with Bless. There was nothing wrong with their delivery of stage presence. They weren't nervous. They just wasn't saying anything. Maybe they were overconfident. Bless knew how to, to control the crowd, and he had great punchlines. That's why he beat those guys. Definitely in a March Mayhem tournament, he enters in as number five, moving spades back from number five to number six, and putting dreams in the wild card instead of in six. And Misery, the producers, he fell out with them a little bit because... He got caught recycling his bars from the audition. I'm pretty sure he wasn't the only person to do that, but he's one of the main people. So he's in seven. Pain the Squad Boy outlasts Dreams and Rio the Raptor to, to get to the tournament just like before. Everything stays the same except Bless is in it and Spades is in six. Everything else is pretty much the same and no dreams so all that same stuff happens but with blessed in the tournament i think he beat sire boy 
in the third round, in the third round overtime. Because I just think he's just been too entertaining. The, the judges wouldn't have been able to deny him. So he would have edged outside, boy. And then he, that means he would have went against Payne the Squad Boy, who upset AR-16. But he would have lost to Payne because Payne got too many bars. Payne got too, too many bars. I think he would have he would have been more entertaining because he would have had a lot of short jokes and he probably would have beat Bless with the short jokes. So then you have Relly and Misery on the other side, and Relly would have won. You got Relly versus Payne the Squad Boy, and Relly wins the whole tournament. So nothing really changes at the end, but seeing Bless in the tournament would have been great. And who knows what type of opportunities. He would have had after that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not really sports, but I, I just couldn't resist making that a bonus hypothetical game of the episode. Anyway, let's get to Kaepernick, right? This guy, since the NFL apologized and kind of changed their stance on Black Lives Matter and even made a statement in a video against you know, institutional racism and individual racism. People thinking not only should you apologize to Cap, you should let him back in the league. I know Malcolm Jenkins said that. I like it. I've been wanting him back in the league for a while. And even in 2016, when he was protesting, bro, I was all eyes. I was all eyes on Kaepernick whenever he was on TV, whenever his highlights came on. When he played Miami, I think that was his last good game. Or that was his last game, period. That was very that was a very exciting game. Um, I think it was no, not San Diego, but yeah, the Miami game, that that joint was crazy. I mean they lost, but man. I just imagine that game times ten, times a hundred. Whether you agree with Cap or not. I want to see him in the league. I want to see how he does. I feel like he should have played in the XFL, but come on. You don't ask for $20 million from a startup league. But hey, hey, he knows his worth. He's king of knowing his worth. I can't really blame him for trying to low-key extort the the XFL, but, you know, whatever. We'll see if he comes back. It's I don't think it's looking good. He's been out of the league for like three, four years. But that's not really his fault, though. But if he comes back in the league, he's got to be... A backup. He's got to be a backup. I'm thinking out of all these teams, Seattle could give it another try, even though I don't think he'd play. I mean, but Russell Wilson's getting older. I know he doesn't get hurt, but he's getting older. Why not? Why not give it another try at trying to get him? Atlanta, even though I don't know he fits his off fits their offense. Detroit is just horrible. They might bench Matt Stafford anyway, and he's getting older. Um, Baltimore, you can compete with RG3, and you got Lamar Jackson. I think he fits that offense with his running. Pittsburgh, maybe Tennessee. Hey, why not? You know, they don't have established backups. Neither of them. You can go there, too. Just out of those six teams, I think he could fit in one of those. I think Atlanta's not the best fit, but they don't have you ever seen an established backup with Atlanta? No. You haven't in a while. Maybe since Matt Schraub with Michael Vick. <laughs> didn't even say his name right. Oh my. But yeah, one of those teams. And Detroit, <laughs> Detroit being horrible. Uh, I, I would love to see if he steps in 
for Matt Stafford, how many wins he could get them. And, of course, Seattle couldn't right or wrong or perceive wrong by, you know, making it right and signing him. Him and Russell Wilson, you know, and he'd be on a solid team. And God forbid anything happens to, to Russell Wilson, he'd be on a solid team and he could make a run. We'll see. I don't think he's going to – I don't think anyone's going to pick him up. But crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. I say I would rather him go to a smaller league, build up a smaller league, and then have the NFL pick him up then. Because I think he'll get more money that way, honestly. It may be less – maybe less controversy, especially with the NFL – softening their stance on him but i would love to see him in the nfl too i hope it happens dc would have been a nice place too but i don't think he's gonna beat out kyle allen i could be wrong we'll see i want to see it for sure even though oh tennessee would be rough because the political climate in nashville i don't think he'd, he'd fit in there from that aspect it'd be very controversial him in Nashville, but it could work. He got a nice running game. He don't even have to throw the ball that. Just throwing ideas out there. Just throwing ideas out there. Just saying. Now, Dalvin Cook is holding out. Okay, his original rookie contract, four years, $6 million. His current market value, five years, $69 million, $13 million a year. That would put him, I guess, it. that would put him like number five, number six, as far as running backs is concerned. So, that would be, yeah, probably like number six. That's pretty good. And that's a lot for running back. Once you start going more than six million, seven million, maybe I get my knowledge from Madden, maybe not. But once you start getting more than six million, seven million for running back, it starts getting kind of expensive. So... But I don't blame him. He's arguably the second best running back in the league. And Christian McCaffrey just got $15 million a year, $14 million a year. I'm Dalvin Cook. A lot of people say I'm better than Christian McCaffrey. So why not? So why am I not getting paid like that? I kind of see it from his point of view. I can kind of see how that would look. What I was reading is that the Vikings have the leverage, though. They say if he doesn't play this year... This is a tactic that Le'Veon Bell did, which he's like the number three highest paid running back, maybe number four. He'd be a restricted free agent and get less money. Maybe that's what happened with Le'Veon. That is what happened with Le'Veon. I have to double check on that, but that doesn't make sense. Or he can play out this year, be the best running back in the league, and stay healthy and hope that Minnesota will pay him crazy amount of money or somewhere else pay him a crazy amount of money like 15 million the thing is though and, and what doesn't help them is that in four years he's missed 19 games that's not good that means you know he gets hurt a lot and he's not reliable he can get hurt at any minute if you're going to pay someone that much money against the cap you want to make sure he's available can stay healthy and stay on the field yeah i get it from that standpoint but then again holding out helps zeke you see the zeke contract and you like why not me why not i feel like i'm one of the most important players on this offense and i feel like you have just enough cap to pay me more money to pay me you know an extra nine million dollars that's his that's his thing that's his mindset um it's gonna be tough for him to hold out for the entire season it's going to be real tough, especially with 
the CBA saying this what I got this from Bleacher Report. It said a player shall not receive an incurred season for any league year in which a player is under contract to a club in which he fails to report to the club's preseason training camp. Dang, training camp. So he ain't even got much time to decide. That means he would become restricted free agent in that case. Dang, who's going to bite? Who's going to bite first? I think at the end of the day, I just think, I think he should play out the end of this contract. I think he should play out the end of this contract, do his best to stay healthy, and then I think he's going to get paid regardless. He's too talented. He's too talented. I think he's going to get paid regardless. You know what I'm saying? I think he's going to get paid regardless. But just imagine he stay healthy and put up, I don't know, 15, 1,600 yards rushing, another 600-something yards maybe, I'm guessing, yards receiving that's gonna be crazy you're gonna have to pay him you're gonna have to pay up because that's crazy production because if you don't someone else will and then that's when dalvin cook will have the leverage that's just what i think about it i think i think dalvin cook should try to play out the season even though he knows the injury risk and he just saw he just saw ezekiel elliott and todd Gurley get all that money especially todd Gurley, who injured just as much as he was he got just as much money as he did. I mean, he just, he got all that money, and he's just as injured as, as Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook is arguably better. Actually, he is better. <laughs> so he got all these examples. At the end of the day, that CBA clause, I think that's what gives the Vikings the edge in that negotiation. UFC Fight Island is in Abu Dhabi. Is in Abu Dhabi. So people were thinking UFC was going to buy their own island that no one knows about, but they're going to Abu Dhabi where um, the Formula One racing circuit, they do a race there. They do the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So UFC will have an arena there and hotel and dining and a training facility. That seemed like paradise to me. <laughs> Especially, you know, if you're a UFC fighter, that seemed like paradise. That's that's all I need. <laughs> that's all you need. UFC 251 is going to be there. And I guess the main fight is Kamaru Usman and Gilbert Burns. That's the middleweight title fight. Dog. It sounds cool. It sounds amazing. It's not as, as hyped as, as people thought it was going to be, but it's kind of cool. And... I think no matter where UFC is, people going to watch it, especially with the lack of live sport live sports. Dog, when I was in Columbus in January, this uh restaurant me and Zach went to was packed. It was packed for the UFC fight. You could barely get a seat. That was before the pandemic. But then again, it was McGregor. But was it McGregor? Yeah, it was McGregor. It was McGregor. But still, people still hype over UFC. And especially if you get the big names in there, it's a wrap. I'm interested to see what they do. Um, Conor McGregor, speaking of him, he retired again. Shocking. No one's shocked. <laughs> no one's shocked. Like, this is just part of who he is. If he don't like something, if he don't like a fight, if he doesn't feel like he's going to make a lot of money off of it, I mean, he knows how to leverage his brand. Like, he is good at that, as controversial as his brand is. He knows how to do that. He's retiring. It is what it is. 
<laughs> no one really thinks he can beat Khabib. No one really thinks he can beat Mayweather. We're not even sure if he can beat Justin Gaethje. Just lay low. <laughs> Just lay low until one of them really wants to fight you. Because cause them guys, them three guys I mentioned, I feel like they can easily beat them. But they'll take the fight anyway because of the payday. They know a lot of people going to watch. Because it's not only their brand, but it's Conor McGregor, the polarizing Irish guy. <laughs> Irish fighter. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to turn away from the swagger and the mystique that comes with Conor McGregor. So, we'll see. I, I don't know if he's coming back. He probably will. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Probably when one of them guys say something or if he feel like he can get a, um another Nick Diaz fight to be hyped. But I don't think people want to see that either. Like the general public, anyone who loves McGregor is going to want to see anything he does. I'm just watching, man. I, <laughs> I don't really watch UFC because anything that charges $70 pay-per-view, I'm not going to watch it. Or I'm going to find a cheaper option like going to a bar and paying 5 $10 or... um getting a stream online somewhere for free that's the more risk that's the riskier uh way to do it but i'd rather just go to a bar and pay five to ten dollars <laughs> instead of buy pay-per-view that's just me now kbo kbo update uh nc dinos is 21 and 8 Dusan, the defending champs 21 and 12 the lg twins are 21 and 12 uh, NC Dinos and Doosan, they just, they just um, had another three-game series, I believe, and NC Dinos took two out of three. Shock. So, <laughs> shock. So, they're killing it. They're killing it. They're in like they're top five. Like they're top five in almost every major uh, offensive and defensive category. Um, oh, LG Twins are tied with Doosan as well. I may be saying that wrong. But <laughs> the point is, NC Dinos, Doosan, they're probably the two best teams. I feel like they are the two best teams in the league. But LG Twins are catching fire. And we'll see how that goes. I'd love to see a, another series between Doosan and LG. Or maybe they haven't played yet. I have to look. But I'd love to see that series as well. Uh, LG Twins got two of the top five in batting average. Uh, Kang Jin Sung from NC Dinos, of course, <laughs> leads in batting average with a 4-5-1 batting average. That is insane. I feel like anything over 350 is elite, is amazing. Anything over 400 is just unreal. It's early in the season, but good lord, good lord. Uh, Jose Miguel Fernandez, he played for Doosan. He bats four oh three. He's still killing it. Uh, Robert Ramo Robert Ramos. He's top five in batting average, and he leads the league in home runs. He got thirteen home runs. He's like an MVP candidate. Candidate, 
I'd say so, just looking at the numbers. Uh, Mel Rojas Jr. from KT Wiz got 10 home runs. Nasung Bum got 10 home runs. He plays for NC Dinos. Like, them guys, man. Oh, my God. The NC Dinos. And then they got... The NC Dinos got Hu Chang Mo. I'm telling you, that's my favorite player, bro. That's my favorite player in the league right now. Dude is like that. He is like Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom in one. At least statistically. He is destroying people. He has a .75 ERA, giving up one home run, 52 strikeouts, lead the league, 5-0. The person who had the next most strikeouts is Dan Strawley. And he, I think he's like second or third in ERA. Hu Chang Mo. Anytime he pitched, it's must-see TV. But I guess I, I never catch him, though. I have to watch highlights. Dudes like that. You gotta see him when when you can. Oh, and on the other end of the spectrum, the Hanwha Eagles lost 18 in a row. They have lost 18 in a row. How do you do that in baseball? I've never seen that happen before in the professional baseball. That's crazy. They started out seven and nine. Now they lost 18 in a row. And they're 7 and 27. How do you do that? How do you call yourself a professional baseball team, but you lost 18 in a row? I know it doesn't help that they had to play NC Dinos, and I think they played Doosan as well. But 18 in a row? You couldn't get one? Dang, bro. Oh, and you look at the numbers, the pitchers are horrible. Everyone has like more than three ERAs, multiple people who have four and five ERA. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, I. I'm going to have to root for them just to get a win. 18 in a row? In professional baseball? I can see that in maybe college baseball or anything lower than that. But pros? 18? I don't know what they paying them for. <laughs> Man. I'm laughing now. What if, what if they get on the street in like August or September? But honestly, that's probably not going to happen. If you're that bad already... There's not much hope for you. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and they're 14 games behind the NC. Like, listen, they're not going to catch them. Why do we expect them to catch them? Unless they go on some crazy streak like nine in a row, ten in a row, or more. 18 in a row losing? Dog. I'd be frustrated. I'd be right. I'd be done. But they, they keep rolling out there, and I think they'll eventually win a game. Soon. Soon. Oh, and also an ERA? Three of the top five are Americans. Two are NC Dinos or Dinos. Man. Team is sick. <laughs> okay. They are the early favorites to win the title. But it's early, though. It's not even halfway through the season. I think the season goes until, like, November. So, we're not even halfway through the season. And they're just running away with things. Hey, maybe another team will emerge late in the season. But for now, NC Dinos look like they're going to win it all. They look like the Red Sox from two years ago. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the MLS is back. So it'll be back. Uh, it's supposed to come back July 9th. And they put everyone in groups, kind of like the World Cup. Or any other big tournament around the world. That's very soccer. That's on brand. See, that wasn't going to work for basketball. Even though I was interested to see how it worked in basketball. It's more of a soccer thing. 
So of course they went that route. They're going they're going to do a tournament, World Cup style, uh, split up teams in different groups. I think there's like five or six groups. DC United is in an Eastern Conference group. Of course they're split up by you know Western Conference, Eastern Conference. Even though they're all playing in Orlando, they still split it up by by conference. Still, DC United is in a group with Toronto, who is pretty much a perennial power. They're the favorites to win that group. I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, New England and Montreal. I think before we got Rooney, New England was horrible. New England hasn't been good recently, so I'm, I'm really not really worried about them. And all you really have to do, you have to finish top two in the group, obviously. And then four third place teams are going to make the knockout stage, which is, of course, 16. And I don't know if they're going to do, I don't know if they're going to do it with with legs. I don't know if they're going to do it uh, with aggregates. I don't know. Or maybe they're just going to do just one game and... If you're still tired after one game, you do like a shootout. I don't know if they're going to go just straight up single elimination in the knockout round, but I'm interested to see what happens. So, of course, they cut it to 16, then they go to 8, then they go to 4, and then the final is going to be like August 11. It's quick. It's it's quick, but I'm going to be – I'm going to tune in. Bundesliga is cool. But I'll be more invested in MLS, especially if DC United is in it. I like their chances. I like their chances. Because even if they suck, I know we don't have Rooney. I know we don't have Acosta, our two best players. But who knows? You get top two, or even if you get third, you make it in a knockout round, all bets are off. Especially with all these people being down because of the pandemic. And they're not even in the toughest Eastern Conference group. But they're not in the weakest one either with the expansion teams in New York City FC. Like, I would much rather them be in that one in, in Philadelphia. But they're not. I still like I like their chances. I think D.C. will come out of there. Now, when they get to the 16, now that's when it's going to get tough. But I believe in them, even though I don't know much about them. <laughs> But I'm going to get to know them very well, very soon. I'm going to end with this. My family had a Zoom meeting yesterday. It was cool. It was cool to see all my family. I, I you know, I've seen, I've seen a bunch of them here and there every now and then. I didn't talk much. I just laughed and, and smiled. And this is what I usually do. I didn't talk much. It was just good to see those guys and us come together. And even my Uncle Charles coming on there. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, he was talking about uh, Malcolm X. I read a lot about him and I read a lot about John Brown and Harper's Ferry. Like, I'm like, man, I need to read like this guy. But if you go to his house, he has a lot of books. You won't see that with me. First of all, I play a lot of video games. Second of all, I like to read on my tablet. So all my books are on my tablet. But, you know, just being around him just inspired me. And then my mom was inspiring, too, because she was the complete opposite of me. She was the loudest, and she was basically the leader of the call. But she also got after me for when I did talk. You know, they went around, and this was her idea. 
of course, to uh, go around and say what we've done during quarantine and during this time. And I was like, I've worked out, I've ran, done Insanity, and I've played like 200 games of Madden. I'm like a Madden champ. I'm paraphrasing once again. She didn't like that, and everyone was silent. I said, she made a big deal of it because it looks like I'm, because of perception. I know how it looks. I know I've been bumming out. I know I've been in a slump. I know I've been lazy. But I'm telling you, I'm playing chess, not checkers. Once I get myself together, I already know. It's go time. And I'm ready to get out of the slump. I've been ready to get out of the slump since it turned June. That means eating right, working harder on GOAT level and trying to build GOAT level. But I was just being truthful, man. The Madden has... I'm very, I could be very competitive. I have a very competitive side to me and... Madden has brought that out. 2K has brought that out. And it's kept me engaged and focused more than anything that can make me money. It's sad, but I'm sure I'm not the only person that's going through that. But I'm about to get it together. I'm about to get it together for sure. But I definitely enjoyed that call, and I can't wait till we do it again. Maybe... Maybe I could tell them I'm doing something more productive. But, you know, I just had to keep it real. <laughs> I just had to keep it real. You know, I was I was very on-brand. My mom was very on-brand. Everybody was very on-brand. And that's what and that's what was cool about that call. You know what I'm saying? I love it. And honestly, I hope my dad's side do something like that. They probably won't. But I would love for them to do that, too my dad's side but uh moving on though i guess let me spit a verse from one of the songs that i haven't finished yet it's called distraction which is very not on brand but it makes sense it's a great transition from what i just talked about <laughs> how i've just been distracted and i wrote this song like a year ago or i started writing almost a year ago so hey i'm not just talking about video games and social media just other things that distract me and other so, about to spit this verse, but so let's get it. Okay, let's get it. I don't care for fear. With gift and blessings, I'm a living legend like Vanderveer. The plans and gear. Stop looking for the goat, cause Van is here. Beta brand of confidence, God gave it to me. I ain't wish for that. Let these women destroy my self worth. And this is whack. Gonna take like several years for me to get it back. Not Republican, I ain't Democrat. I'm not into that. There's more important things I render facts with inner trap. You ain't gotta lie to me. Love who you trying to be. You better than what I can see. Don't get stuck in these economies. Cause these crabs in the bucket fucking up the dynasty. Fill your brain with fake news and that's how they can get them. But nothing's gonna stop me. Especially racism. This has spit a few bars, man. You can call it Freestyle Friday if you want. <laughs> yeah. But I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.